0: welcome to explore the space we're digging into healthcare issues that matter most our guests and conversations mind these issues for perspective and answers there is a gulf between healthcare and our communities this is the place to talk about it now here's your host dr mark shapiro
1: welcome back to explore the space podcast i'm your host mark shapiro before we get to today's episode just want to thank our sponsors lori bedke and creighton university Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. My guest in this episode of Explore the Space is Dr. Stella Safo, and Dr. Safo is an HIV primary care physician and assistant professor of medicine with the Mount Sinai Health System, and she is one of the founding members of Vote Health 2020, which you can find at www.votehealth2020.com. And she joins us on National Voter Registration Day to discuss the barriers that physicians and medical students and healthcare professionals in general face around talking about and activating around voting. We are coming up on the presidential election as well as all of the other measures and candidates and races that will be on everybody's ballot across the United States. And today is the day that there is a national effort to make sure everyone is registering to vote. On the show, we get into the issues around why this is sometimes a challenge for us in medicine and and the impact that it has when our voices are not heard in the ballot box. And we also talk about the wonderful work that's being done by Vote Health 2020 and and the genesis of this organization, as well as a new initiative that we're launching, and I'm delighted to be a part of it, called the Morning Report Initiative. And this is a program where if, if you would like a Vote Health 2020 physician to virtually join any meeting you've got, for a less than five-minute, nonpartisan, free presentation on voter activation and registration with one slide that you can share, please email info at votehealth2020.com. Before we get to the conversation with Dr. Safo, please do subscribe to and rate Explore the Space on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to download your shows. You can email me anytime, mark at showcom and definitely find me on social media I'm on Twitter at ETS show. You can check out the entire archive of Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. And it is always a treat to interact with people who are enjoying the show or checking it out for the first time. Word of mouth really helps too. If you're enjoying what you hear, please do tell your friends about it. We are coming up on an election of great consequence for a number of reasons, and to have a conversation around why all of us who work in healthcare, physicians, front office staff, nurses, medical students, all of us together need to activate and find our voice and support one another in registering to vote, making a voting plan, and getting your ballot to the ballot box is just Absolutely critical. There are few people who know more about this and are working harder than Dr. Safo It was a treat to have her on so without further ado, dr. Stella Safo Stella welcome to explore the space. Thank you so much for coming on
0: oh, My pleasure mark. I'm so glad to be here
1: We met very fortuitously we have, uh, someone that we both hold in, in great esteem, Dr. Julie Silver, and she connected us through her work around gender equity. And all of a sudden I found the, the, the teammate that I think I had been looking for, <laughs> you, Dr. Ankita Sager. And here we are talking about vote health 2020. It is, it is the, the finest form of serendipity.
0: Mm. It's like the universe definitely did us a favor with this. I'm so excited that we get to partner on this. And we may get to talk about both health with your audience today.
1: I am curious to learn. I've shared with you offline the the really kind of strange and stilted journey that I've had personally in terms of speaking about the importance of physicians and medical students registering to vote, checking their eligibility, encouraging one another to vote. I've always felt comfortable voting, but I never talked about it with anybody else. And then I find that there's this organization and there's many others like it. Where did the journey sort of start for you? Because the maturation process that you have had and Ankita has had and so many others have had far surpasses my Mine, and I'm just curious, what were the kind of cornerstones and kernels for you?
0: Yeah, you know, I think like, like everyone, I think COVID has just shaken all of us to the core. And one of the things that was so present during, you know, the kind of early days of COVID was watching my colleagues and folks in my institution crying for PPE and crying for policies that would support them to take care of our patients and feeling in some ways really impotent in that. And, you know, that kind of connected for me very closely with my patients. I I work in an HIV clinic and many of my patients were having such a hard time navigating the bureaucracy of this pandemic. And, and, you know, I think one of the things that became kind of so crystallized during this pandemic for me is that our policies are literally the way that we deliver healthcare. And if we don't get to have some say in that, then what are we doing, right? You know, every day we treat our patients, we take care of their diabetes, we handle their hypertension, and we send them back into this world where the ways in which we allow our politicians and our legal system to make decisions undoes all of the things that we've done. And so for me, I think COVID really pushed me to say, you know what, for these elections, like literally gloves off, we're doing it. We're getting everyone out to be able to make their voice heard and, you know, just kind of reinforce vote health is nonpartisan because it matters less who we vote for and more that we are engaging and saying, here's who I want in my local, you know, um, elected offices. Here's who I want in national offices, like having our voice as clinicians heard just felt like the thing that really got me out of the chair to get involved in this work.
1: So before the 2020 election cycle picked up, where were you? So 2018, 2016, 2014, 2012, has it been an evolution for you? Or was this sort of like an on-off switch that this is different and now we got to go?
0: For me, I've always... I trained in a program in Montefiore that was literally social medicine, and so for for me, I've always known that medicine is advocacy. But I kind of imagined that advocacy in um, ways that were like doing things like if your patient is you know struggling to get proper housing, you know you're you're writing the letters you have to write, you're going to their housing projects with your social worker and talking about what needs to happen to advocate for them. So I I thought of it much more of a like a you know here's a problem and here's how you as a clinician has to take off of you know take off your clinical hat and get into your kind of whatever it takes hat to get your patients what you needed I didn't think as much about the need for voting and the kind of consistent presence of voting and all kinds of civic engagement in kind of my, my clinic and the importance of that, I think quite as much. And so for me, even though I've always seen medicine as advocacy, the kind of tool of voting was something that just like you, I think was kind of more quiet. It was more to myself. It was more kind of, you know, this is what I do on my own. And I'll tell you one of the things too, that I just hadn't realized until I really started vote health is that I think many of us clinicians assume that we're not allowed to do voter registration and voter engagement and our, reach work within our clinical spaces and I, I you know one thing i really want to convey is that there is there there are laws that encourage us to help our patients you know, safely register to vote and encourage us to talk about voting with our patients. I never knew that. It wasn't until we started doing the work now that I, I started to understand, wow, there's a whole infrastructure. We are you know, some of the foot soldiers that should be helping our patients do this. So you're absolutely right. It was definitely an evolution for me. And I'm just, I'm glad that I finally arrived here because there's so much that we as clinicians can do.
1: So I want to pick up on a word that you use there, assume, the idea that for you it felt like it, it was an assumption that we weren't supposed to talk about this. For me, it was a lot more transparent that we were not. It was made pretty clear mm-hmm. to me, kind of in my very impressionable stages of medical training, specifically more as a medical student, mm-hmm. This is this is a no fly. And I really internalized that. And carried that. So, okay, I'll vote, I'll register, and I'll go and vote, but I'm not going to talk about it with anybody, and I'm certainly not going to advocate for anything, and I'm certainly not going to discuss, hey, are you registered, or what steps do we need to take to register, or look, it looks like I'm actually on call on election day in the ICU. What am I supposed to do so I can vote? Never came up, and it was made pretty clear that you weren't supposed to bring it up, That that was somehow in that really odd space of quote unquote unprofessional. And that was a, a real difficulty. I think a lot of us are in that space. I think a lot of people sit for whatever reason in that space of, we're not supposed to be doing this. We're not supposed to be talking about it. We're not supposed to be encouraging others to register. We're not supposed to be planning for, okay, are you going to vote absentee? No. All right, well, what's the plan for election day? How do we get our, how do we actually get to the, the polling space? It feels like we actually have a lot of work to do around this. What has your experience been? You've with a lot more physicians than i have you're far further down the road than i am and it's really exciting to hear from people who are doing this advanced work what's your impressions been with the the sample size that you've met with
0: yeah, I think I think that you're right that that kind of spoken and unspoken, you know, this is a no go uh, zone when it comes to to bring politics or, or, or just generic voting into the clinical spaces. I think you're right. And, and the reason I think is around the boundaries that we as physicians are taught to establish with our patients. You know, so if your patient asks you, you know, hey, like. I don't know, like, who are you dating now? Or, or something to that effect, you would immediately be like, you know, it's not about me, Mr. Jones. Love to hear about how your, you know, marriage is going, right? And that's just part of, it's kind of built into how we are. And for some reason, it feels as though the conversations around letting our, you know, telling our patients, are you registered to vote? Do you have a safe voting plan? I think a lot of the physicians I've spoken with have a fear of what happens if my patient then says, oh, doc, you know, I'm voting for insert name of candidate, Or, Doc, who are you voting for? And one of the things that's been so helpful in doing this work is to address that fear by saying, you know, when you get asked that question, just like you're trained to help the patient kind of meander their way back to focus on them, here's a script that you can use to be able to address it. My brother is, uh, he's an African-American, you know, guy who lives in Wisconsin, is one of the few African-Americans in his area, and he is doing some of this work, and he talks about how... you know, he had this fear of saying to his patients, hey, like, I wanna, you know, make sure you're all set and registered to vote, because he was afraid that they would go into a diatribe about, you know, any of the conspiracy theories that we see, or talk about who they're supporting or not supporting in a way that would make it really hard for his clinical care. And so just for him, one of the things that we talked about is to make it almost maybe lead with the statement of, Hey, like, I prefer if we don't talk about political affiliations, but I just wanna make sure that you're all set and registered to vote. Do you need any help on that? Or do you have any questions? questions? about how to vote safely. So you can even preempt it. But I think, you know, Mark, to your your question, part of it is a fear that'll take us into a space that'll harm the, you know, physician-patient relationship. And yet there are tools that we have that we can certainly use to get ahead of that. And then I think the other reason is, you know, simply like there's a bit of inertia, you know, it just hasn't historically been done that way. And I think this election and the need for everyone's voice to be represented is changing what is possible. And my hope is that the next generation of clinicians will say, let me administer my PHQ-9, let me check to make sure that, you know, they have appropriate levels of alcohol intake. Let me do my smoking, my um, tobacco cessation. Oh, and also, are you all set with voting? You know, I think if we can just normalize it, it will really, that alone will be something that'll be tremendous for, for us and our patients for, for I feel like, for decades to come.
1: That's the right mindset to take. And I actually really like that you framed it around normalization. It, it, it always felt abnormal. It always felt outside, even though it is a cornerstone of, of our democracy that we're supposed to register and we're supposed to be informed mm-hmm. and we're supposed to go and vote within our profession. Somehow that piece got left out, not just with our patients and our interactions with our patients, but with one another. And I think framing it around, this is something we can normalize just like we do anything else. We make the call schedule. We, okay, who's who's working on Thanksgiving? Who's working yep. on New Year's? Who's, who, okay. It's election day, acknowledging it's not a national holiday right now but we still need we, we're going to have obligations that day what's the plan in the division mm-hmm. meeting the month before what's the plan for november 3rd you know it's the middle of october who's going to be absent to you who's not if we can start to integrate that i think that that's really important and i think that that will help move the needle in the right direction we obviously are in a in a place now where this episode's coming out on National Voter Registration Day. The election is just mm-hmm. a couple of weeks away. We have an election with a presidential election. We have every other Senate and House of Representatives race. We have state races. We have all of the, the things that go all the way down the ballot here. Local races, too. The the ballots are always filled. There is that sense of activation around it. And that brings us to this mm-hmm. idea of vote health. Finding the entity that can activate while still staying in that nonpartisan place. Is that a tough road to walk?
0: Oh, I love that question. So um, I feel very passionately that anything related to vote health. Is um, as nonpartisan as can be, and I will say, especially if you kind of go on my Twitter or kind of know anything about me, I am. I feel very strongly about who I'll be voting for come November, in part because of you know the management of COVID, the treatment of you know minorities, um, and many other reasons that I could go on about. But and 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 yet, with that in mind, I, I feel no conflict or compunction with also saying you know voting should be neutral. And I want to get every person, third party, Republican, Democrat, out to the polls. And for me, kind of what drives me and for folks who might be listening who are very kind of, you know, especially in the medical profession, who may feel very strongly that, you know, a certain candidate needs to win. One of the things that drives me is that the more voices we have represented, you know, in the 2016 elections, over 100 million people didn't vote. And I. I believe that the more voices that we can get to the polls to make their voices heard, the more we'll move towards a society that is based on equity, that is based on you know um, seeing your fellow you know neighbor as like a full person who deserves rights and deserves to be seen and treated um, well. And and I just think that the the more the more voices we can have represented um, on all sides, the the more we move towards the kind of society that I think we all want to live in. So it is sometimes tough to wear that fully nonpartisan hat, but I, I just for me as Stella, but it's super important for us, especially if we're asking clinicians to do this in the, these sacred spaces of healthcare centers and their clinics and their practices. It is, it is, it's without a doubt super important that everyone understands vote health is nonpartisan. The only asks of, you know, the, the, the patients and the clinicians and the health systems that we work with is that you help each other and your patients to get out to vote and to vote safely. That's it. And it's literally period at that point. We, we don't add anything else about who you vote for. We just say, you know, go and vote and make sure that as you vote, think about keeping health in mind, who will you vote for that'll really prioritize your health and the health of those that you know that that you that you care about and love?
1: That is so interesting because for me the nonpartisan piece has been the easiest part. When people <laughs> ask me, I just say listen, voting is personal. I don't vote straight ticket. And the reason I don't vote straight ticket is I'm going to get a big fat ballot with a whole bunch of things in it. Mm. I'll cast my vote for president. I've got a lot more work to do after that. And so will you. Mm -hmm. You'll be voting for your mayor. You'll be voting for bond issues. You might be voting for your new first responder authorities, your new sheriff. You might be voting for your new state senator. You're going to be voting for. A tremendous number of people and entities that will directly impact the next phase of what your life in your community looks and feels like. So saddle up. And when I frame it like that, I actually find that people stop hearing, worrying, listening to the noise that we get bombarded with all the time. And it Mm -hmm. kind of refocuses on your ballot is stuffed with things that need your attention, most of which most of which are within a 25 mile radius of where you live. Mm
0: hmm. That's exactly right. And I think I think also, you know, to your earlier question of why have clinicians been kind of reluctant to walk into this space? I think it is because, um, you know, with the world that we live in, politics is so loaded and there's so much that comes with it that seems kind of, you know, kind of ugly and hard to kind of deal with, you know. But I love what you're saying about you know, politics is also local. And when you're out there voting, you're voting for your school board, you're voting for your sheriff, you're voting for things that are not, you know, that controversial. Like how much money do you want to put into these different services that you're, that, that you know, you'll have access to and your family will have access to. Those are things that are so tangible that are in, in some ways, I agree with you, neutral. You know, you have to show up and really lend your voice to that. Otherwise those decisions will be made outside of you. And then you're the one stuck in living kind of in, in, the, in the circumstances of that. So, Yes, we, ha- we tend to focus on the presidential election and the noise around that, but really the action is to drive everything else that comes in you know, um, your ballot, just just to make sure that we're helping our local communities be developed in the ways that, that make us want to live there and survive there.
1: So then that brings us to this entity, VoteHealth2020.com. Yeah. Six months ago, Stella, I had no idea it existed, and that's on me. <laughs> Um, but I will just I don't say that to sound flippant or dismissive. I say that 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 was my own kind of head in a bucket focusing on other things, not even acknowledging that these sort of entities might exist in the nonpartisan way that would resonate for me so that I can really go out and talk to other people about it. Mm-hmm. You're a co-founder of it. How quickly, first of all, because I love talking about tempo on this show. We talk about this all the time. How quickly did you and the other co-founders of Vote Health 2020 from germination to fruition website up and running? How long did that take? Yeah,
0: so... I want to really call out and give full credit to to two individuals in this, Um, Sarenia Lohr, who is the person who really came to this idea and brought it forward. And she came to it from a talk or an article that Don Berwick wrote that was about the moral determinants of of health, where he really just called people out and he said yes Social determinants are incredibly important, but what about the moral determinants of health? And what are we doing to make sure that we are, you know, kind of furthering the needs to have safe health, you know, healthcare delivery in a way that benefits everyone, but really using our ethical kind of frame of mind with that. And when she thought about that and heard that, you know, for her, kind of what it drove her to do is to say, I'm going to go out and help as many people within the healthcare space get engaged around galvanizing their communities to vote as I can. She worked with me and a couple of other folks and the The speed with which this moved is only possible because we and I, I. This is what I love about movement building, right? You know, you have an idea, you say it to someone else, they get on board, they start to help you. One of the things that we did right away was we formed a larger team. We had folks who were working on the website, folks who were helping us develop content and just started building it out. And so like the majority of this started taking place over the summer, summer of 2020, which is probably why you didn't hear about it six months ago. And it's ramped up since then. I think we hit the ground running, you know, with our stride in August and our our events and work has been like different social media campaigns, podcasts, panels, grand rounds, and... In in September, what's so interesting, because all of this work is so temporally related, we are seeing a lot of things really pick up because people are looking at their calendars and they're like, oh shoot, the elections, you know, in you know, I think today is like 47 or 48 days away. Um, and we need to really get on this, and so we're seeing that kind of momentum build. But we started this in the last three months, and it's only really moved forward with the momentum that it has because of people like you who have said this resonates with me, how can I help? And I just I really want to emphasize how important it is for everyone to take this moment where I know many of us feel so lost and impotent and confused, and just man, what's happening in this world? But to take this moment and just recognize the power of an individual having an idea, pulling her groups together and saying, hey, let's do this together. And then kind of from there, you know, pulling others in it um, to be able to keep it moving. And 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 that kind of power of one, I think, is something that just inspires me with both health and all of the uh, different activities that are, that are similar to this, because it's literally everyday people just saying, what can we do to just galvanize and get ourselves to a better place? So the timing was was pretty short
1: in that space and in that momentum building what have you found to be your footholds what have been the kind of building blocks to success and what are the things most importantly are you finding that are getting people to stop what they're doing take a few minutes go to the website register take a few minutes talk to their team let's make a voting plan you know take a few minutes decide if i'm going to vote absentee or what is my schedule mm-hmm. that day what what are the what are the levers that that move people through the inertia that you spoke about earlier
0: Yeah, I think for us, and we did this a couple of times, we really honed in on what is our message. You know, most people are literally doing like two or three jobs, the job of a parent, now the job of a teacher and your regular nine to five job five job and kind of, you know, everything else. And so they just don't have the time to go into something super complicated and deep. So our value proposition with both health 2020 is that we are going to make it as easy as possible. And for me, this was very important because, you know, the patients that I work with, many of whom have HIV, um, I'm dealing with seven to, you know, 12 kind of active issues per visit per 20 to 30 minute visit. So if you tell me that I now need to do something else, like get them to you know to register to vote, that's gonna be a heavy lift. I don't have time to even talk to you. Like I have things that I need to do. So with that in mind, one thing that I really like have consistently tried to push the team to really think about is how do we make this accessible and easy? So the value proposition of Vote Health 2020 is that you know you go to our website, all the tools that you need are there. And it's really based on the use of QR codes. So we've embedded QR codes and all kinds of different flyers and tools, Put them up in your your clinic. Put them up on slides when you're presenting to people. Send them to your neighbors, your friends, other health systems. And the idea is that that's all the work that you need to do. You know, you kind of use those tools and then you mention to your patients, are you all set to vote? Do you need any help with voting? And and that's it. And so so the the kind of value that we really kind of, where we spent the majority of our time was let's create tools that are going to be most helpful to busy individuals to be able to use. And then, you know, from there, we kind of just reminded people of what they know, which is one, this pandemic has unearthed some crazy things that we all want to kind of work to, to fix. Two, uh, and when we share this, you know, uh, reality with people, people are often very surprised. But the second thing that we often talk about is that doctors um, don't vote as much as lawyers, teachers, and farmers. And yet, we are the ones who are seeing the you know bodily impact of policies and laws in this country. And so where is that kind of disconnect coming from? And when people hear that, clinicians being very competitive, they'll think, huh, like I didn't realize that we, you know, we're not kind of holding up our end of the bargain. So so they're kind of interested in it. And then the third thing that we always go to is the hook, like, hey, you know, if you're interested in this, it's nonpartisan. Can we curate and get you all the materials that you need to go ahead and get started? And when we tell them to get started, we just remind them there's really like two groups that we're really focused on one is your patients are they all set you know how do you kind of get them to a good place to get out and vote and two are your peers like your staff your front desk staff your nurses your your fellow clinicians are they set like you said you know do you need to cover their pager or- for them to go vote. You know, what do they need to be able to to get them to go and and medicine is a is a is a very um culturally kind of reinforcing field. You know, people do what other people do. And so even just you mentioning to a colleague could be the thing that kind of pushes them, you know, to go ahead and take that action. So, for us we really kind of curated a simple message, made the tools really simple to use, and then kind of pushed people by saying we're not holding up our end by we ourselves as clinicians voting enough. And, you know, here here's a way that you can help us really Overcome that
1: for these elections. The kernels of innovative genius that you lay out there, I think, are just—they're so clear. The idea, and I think that as, as I heard you say it, it helped me better understand why it resonated so much for me. I'll be honest; the first one was just the clear respect for time. We yes. just need a minute. Like, just glance at this thing. It's a—it's a couple minutes, and you're done. Mm-hmm. If you're already registered, this is it. Glance at this tool set. Then it's that awareness piece of who else can you connect with around it and that idea of the bodily impact. I love the way you use that term, the bodily impact of these policies and of, of all of this legislation. We're the ones that feel it when we're mm-hmm. helping take care of our patients. We got to have some say in there too. I I love that and I think that that is a really smart way to make it resonate. I'm going to throw one more in there though. I at least have found all of you to be extraordinarily adaptable and open to ideas. Because <laughs> I emailed you, or maybe I texted you, I don't even remember, a totally half-baked idea 10 days ago. It was this, we've got all these docs, we are all connected on social media, we're all having meetings all the time. You've got these great tools, they just take a couple minutes. Maybe we could offer to join some meetings, or maybe we could Mm -hmm. offer to share the slides. Mm -hmm. And now we have this new idea that Vote Health 2020 has really grown to fruition. Talk about what we've got in store.
0: Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I, you know, one thing I've done a lot of work in my kind of the rest of my career around clinical redesign and how do you transform? It shows, it shows. I'm (laughs) glad
1: you said that because it really shows the agility and adaptability on the fly. It doesn't happen by accident. I'm really happy that you told us that you already have that background because it clearly shows.
0: Well, thank you for saying that. So many of the other co-founders and the founder, actually, she comes from IHI, right? And Uh so, um, you know, I I, I mentioned that because I think one of the things that frustrates me as we think about solutions and how do we fix things, and you see this even in, you know, like racial justice work, is people are so ready to just go and get some like fancy consultant, come up with some crazy ideas. And it's like, why don't you ask the people that are literally living this day in and day out, right? Like, go ahead and get started, but keep space so that someone like you, who's practicing Practicing, seeing patients busy can come and say to me, hey, you know what, if you did this, I know that I could tell my friends about it and they'd be interested, you know? Um, And and I I think any movement has to really hold space for the folks that you're trying to serve. One thing that I'd love for us to even get to do a little bit better and, and, you know, we're we're ramping up. And so like any patients out there that want to connect with us, please reach out at info at, you know, votehealth2020.com. But one thing that I think we could do even better is just like you reached out and had that idea, I'd love to hear from folks who are using these different healthcare systems and, and give us feedback and say, hey, as a patient, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I think, you know, how about curating it in this way but you're right like if we're not agile we we've already lost because there's just too much noise and so you have to figure out from the users how to make it useful for them to be able to, to want to engage
1: i think so there's two things that have really stood out to me in terms of folding the stuff in and really trying to get better and more effective on the fly one is just that idea of agility process redesign mm-hmm. and adaptability on the fly and the second one that is is clear with all of you and i just think is so important especially as you mentioned we're We're in a fairly competitive profession. There is no one cares about credit. It's let's get the work done. Let's just get it out there. Nothing else. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. And that also, it just makes it so much easier when you can just take that friction point away. Who's going to be first author? Nobody seems to care. And I delight in that. It makes it so much easier.
0: Yes. Yes. And, you know, in, in some ways, the reason why people care so much is because the things in medicine that make you successful, quote unquote, have been set so that, you know, if you're first author, you can get promoted, et cetera, et cetera. The beautiful yeah. thing about this is that we will win if we get to Election Day and they do the analysis and they say, you know, we saw the numbers of clinicians that engaged and voted skyrocket. That is a win. And that's a that's win. A win. That that's call, right. Yeah, it's a win. And, you know, you know, some folks have said to me, oh, I'm already using this other source, like one really big source that people use is the Vote ER Badges and lanyards, yeah. and they're kind of. I'm already using that. Is it okay? Like, if I'm yeah. using that, can I also use vote health. And I tell them, use everything. Like, I said totally. to someone, if you told me to stand on my head to get folks registered to vote, I'd be doing that <laughs> too. Like, do right. it all. You know, do it all, do, it all. do whatever yeah. it is that feels good to you. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. There isn't, there isn't credit to be gotten from this because the credit that will get really comes November 3rd when people show up and patients show up and feel safe about it. And, and we just, we just get people out. That really is the ultimate goal.
1: Yeah. And, and acknowledging that the last time it was studied, physicians were 9% lower in voter turnout than the general population and 22% yeah. lower than lawyers. We can close that gap. And if we do, regardless of who, how, and when you vote, the new we will move in your community because there are not that many of us
0: Absolutely absolutely
1: So then there is something that you and Ankita and I have been working on through Vote Health 2020 in terms of activating physicians, teammates, colleagues, staff in an inclusive way to think about registering, making a voting plan and activating others. Share a little bit about what that is and what we're up to, because I think it's really cool and I'm super excited.
0: Yeah, this is courtesy of our very own Mark, who kind of drove us in this. And Ankita and I are really um, excited about this. and It's our morning report initiative. And it's kind of a catchy title for us because, you know, most of us will have morning report we'll talk through the cases or we'll talk through some some you know the latest research and the idea there is like while you're sitting with your colleagues what if you invited someone from vote health and we have a really large group of individuals who are ready to do this we sure yeah invited someone from vote health who came on and literally spent again remember we said like time you can't mess with clinicians time that is like the holy grail you know but we spent let's say three to five minutes just talking about what we've been talking about here with vote health and the real focus there is you know i talked about how we're focused on our patients, we're focused on our peers. The real focus in this um, morning report initiative is to talk about voting amongst colleagues and to really remind people the importance that Us as clinicians, make sure that we get out to vote. And the hope that we have there is that you know when we sign off and we're kind of done talking to the group, that there's a conversation that happens that's sparked that says, Oh, you know, we have all these residents that are on, you know, they're in the ICU during that month. Do they have a plan to be able to get covered if they have to go and vote in person? Have they ordered their absentee ballots, you know, in advance? And there's a little bit of pre-work that can happen. For you to have that conversation to make sure that folks among you that are working these crazy hours, your medical students on eyes, your your residents, you know your your attendings, that you guys are set to be able to to get out and vote. And now I tend to just talk about clinicians and think about you know um, MDs, DOs, PAs. But I I really hope anyone listening um is also translating this into all healthcare providers. And so that is our nursing staff, our administrative staff. All we have to kind of think through, you know, is everyone covered. So Morning Report Initiative is really just to make sure that um, we get to tell you about this stuff, share you know the fact that there's a place that has all these resources so you can do more if you want. But really, the ask is like, hey, are you good? And is your colleague good? And can you help you know um, them in any way to, to make sure that they're all set to get out and vote.
1: I am so excited. Uh, There are some pings that I know are in the work to be scheduled and I cannot wait. Uh, Just the, the whole, just the thought of doing it. It's so different from where I was in my career, like 10 years ago. It's, it's just, it's just wild. And uh, I'll also add to, we've had some people who are really established speakers who love to get out there and they give a lot of talks. They look, I'm not going to have the bandwidth to jump into a huddle to give a talk, but can I borrow the slide? Can I have the slide and I will share it. The answer is yes. The slide is in our show notes. It'll be available on social media, this stuff is not proprietary. Take it. If you have questions, you can reach out to us. But hearing what you just said and hearing the broad audience that it's directed for, how do people actually access? How can they reach out and say, look, we'd love to have someone come and talk with us for three to five minutes? How do they get that scheduled?
0: Yeah. So the easiest thing is to email info at votehealth2020.com. But if you're on any of the social media platforms and you're like, I can't remember that email the lady mentioned, just go in and do hashtag votehealth2020 and you'll see all kinds of different posts and links come up. And if you just click on any of the folks who are either posting it or you know the vote health accounts themselves and you you say hey I, you know heard about the morning reports or even just say hey you know talk to me, you will get right back to you. We have an entire team that's really at your disposal and ready to go. People have been laughing because they're like Stella I've never seen you this available. And I'm like, listen, until November 3rd, I am available for this cause at any time um, just because it is so important. So again, info at VoteHealth2020.com.
1: And then the website for Vote Health 2020 and the social media tag so people can follow along.
0: Yeah. So the website is www.VoteHealth2020.com. And um, our Twitter handle is VoteHealth2020. And that's where we're really super active. So um, I'd send folks over there.
1: It's very exciting, and I'm delighted to be a part of it, and it's going to be wonderful to see this go. This is coming out on National Voter Registration Day, and we will all continue to do this hard work together. I do have one last question. I am not the only person that has this question. I guarantee it. Would you ever run?
0: (laughs) You know, before 2016, I used to think... I love operations and I love like helping teams succeed. So I always felt like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get into politics in some way where I'm like behind the scenes. And I think just watching everything that's happened and is happening, I think all of us who feel passionately have to raise our hands and say, yeah, like, you know, use me where I can be best used. So yes, I think I would.
1: That is very exciting. I asked Ankita that when she came on the show, but I asked her off air and I wish that I had not. <laughs> Because if the two of you were to run, that would be very, very exciting. Stella, this was a treat. I'm delighted to be part of this effort with you. This is so much fun. I really appreciate you coming on the show. This is meaningful work. And thank you so much.
0: Mark, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on board with us, too. We're really excited to work with you.
1: My thanks once again to Dr. Safa for coming on Explore the Space podcast. And thank you to our sponsors, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. As always, the final thanks goes to you for listening. I really appreciate it. I do not take it for granted. It's a total privilege to have you here. Thank you so much for enjoying and listening to Explore the Space. Please do subscribe if you have not already, and please do leave us a rating and a review. Find me on Twitter again, at Show. And definitely take the opportunity to check out www.VoteHealth2020.com. Check out the Morning Report Initiative if you'd like one of us to come to your meeting virtually and talk about all of this great work in less than five minutes. Get it done. Move on quick. Email info at VoteHealth2020.com. It's National Voter Registration Day. Make sure you get registered. Make sure you are heard at the ballot box. And in the meantime, make sure you wear your masks, maintain physical distancing, wash your hands. Take care of yourselves. We will see you soon.